0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another Class 1A podcast, a My Hero Academia podcast dedicated to all things about the anime, manga, and more. And today, I am alongside Dylan Beal, one of my favorite co-hosts, to dive into some of our favorite theories in My Hero Academia, ranging from a pretty high-level one, which I'll kick off with, to some really rabbit-holy ones that Dylan has been spending a bunch of time digging into. Dylan, I know you just did a huge iceberg video, which I highly recommend everyone goes and checks out. but Theories are some of my favorite part of My Hero Academia because there's so many of them. How are you feeling about today? Do you like the two you picked out or how are you feeling?
1: Yeah, um, theories It might be one of my favorite part about just like watching any show, just like speculating on what's true, what's not true, you know, t- trying to take all the little pieces and put them together. Um, at this point, I've gone past the Charlie Day crazy, like, <laughs> like all the things up on the wall. I've transcended past that. Like my head has completely broken so much that I've just become a total expert at it and I am totally Zen with it. Uh, and I'm ready to bring you all down with me.
0: I mean, that that makes me feel a little unprepared going to that because I am definitely just only approaching the Charlie Day level. So it'll be a good episode nonetheless. And actually, don't want to spend too much time at the top of this episode. I just want to jump right into the first one, which is the, w- the one theory that I have. And it's one that I actually only learned about a couple of months ago, but I feel like I love it more and more. And I go back and look for things like that. But the core concept is that Gigamachia is Crimson Riot. I think there's a couple of different reasons that I love this is it is kind of the anti-villain to what Kirishima is. Kirishima is one of my favorite villains and we were introduced to Gigamachi very early on in the series. I guess at about a, uh, beginning of season four through Kirishima of where Kirishima was afraid when he was younger because Gigamachi showed up. So I love having it for that point. But the theory comes from the idea that Horikoshi released all of the list of Gigamachi's original origin of all of Gigamachi's quirks, and the main quirk of him is that the fact that he had a strength-enhancing quirk, and he has a rock-like substance already for a skin, and that's kind of where the idea comes from, is that in his total list of quirks, nowhere does it mention any kind of body-enhancing, but instead only his original quirk and strength-enhancing one, I guess if that makes sense, um, is the origins for his Nomu, and it wouldn't be beyond all for one to do some kind of thing of turning an old pro hero into it. I mean, there's even little small things based on the facial structure. From little we see about Crimson Riot compared to Machia. We even see um, the hairstyles both being very spiky. Overall, there isn't a ton that kind of connects the two. But it makes sense based on Gigamachi's original quirk. The fact that it kind of ties Kirishima, Gigamachi, Crimson Riot all together in that triangle... And it just seems like something that all for one would do overall. And it just seems like a fun theory that doesn't have a ton to it, but I would love for it just to kind of be thrown in there one day. Cause it just adds more to the story and it doesn't really take anything away.
1: Yeah. The one thing that like really gravitates me towards it is the question of where is Crimson Riot during all of this? Uh, because he is a pro hero, um, like like a renowned pro hero. That was one of the top ones. Like clearly Kirishima watched him growing up on TV and whatnot. And at this point, it's at a weird zone of, like, I guess he could be retired, but he would be so, re- like, so soon retired that at this point of My Hero Academia, it doesn't make sense why they wouldn't have called him back in. Um, it's not like he's old, like, like incredibly old, like uh, like Grand Torino or anything. Like, we've seen him on TV, we've seen, uh, you know, Kirishima watching him on TV, and he's not that old. So, something has happened where he's gone away. We don't know where he's gone, and there's no explanation for it. So, they're I, I, I think I think that leaves itself open uh, a little bit to this theory being true.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean that's such a really good point of where, where he actually is because they didn't really go too far into it. And I think there's a situation like, oh, well, he was just really in for the money. But from everything we know about Crimson Riot is that he was all kind of about being a true hero. And that's what Kiyoshi made him look up to him so much. So he definitely would be one to come back and help if needed, especially kind of with where the story is going. So I, I agree that that just doesn't really make sense. I mean, I think a couple of kind of counter arguments to it is that um, when Kirishima was younger, I guess we don't understand the timelines a lot. I think going back to the main point of where it is, is that Crimson Riot was someone that Kirishima looked up to when he was younger, but at the same time, he also met Gigamachi when he was younger. So either Gigamachi was already kind of giant, this rocky dude, and that Crimson Riot was already dead and turned into a Nomu at this point. Or I guess the timelines is just the one thing that I don't exactly understand. That a lot of people went to kind of doing some research on to say like, oh, well, what if Crimson Riot was alive and the video that Kirishima was looking at was something more recent and then he met Gigamachi the next day. That wouldn't make sense because Gigamachi already kind of had that look. But I guess without having a solid idea of where Crimson Riot is, and if he's confirmed dead, I think they add a lot more to it. But if he's just kind of a pro hero retired, I think the mystery of it is kind of something that adds to shows a lot like this. So I don't have a ton to it. It's just something that I love to kind of hold back onto. And I would love just to have pop up in the story one day. But it's not as well fleshed out as I know both the year theories are. It was just something that I love talking about because I love more Kir- Kirishima growth. And I feel like any kind of, rel- of relation between the two would be just another big moment for Kirishima that I'd love to see.
1: Yeah. And it's just so poetic right? Um, I, I think that's why I want it to be true as well. It's just, just, it's very poetic, and it would be such a cool, like, coming together of his
0: story. And at this point, I mean, we know that Nomus are existing humans. I mean, I would love to see one of the Nomus to actually have some kind of correlation to a character, because right now, none of them do. I mean, I think there's another wild theory of where one of the female Nomus is almost old master. So, like, even if there's a, not much leading to any of these, it would just be fun that if one day I guess we kind of had um, the situation in Season 5 with Aizawa, Obero, and all that. Like That's the first kind of Nomu that we knew had a tie to someone. But outside of that, I would love for another one to have it. Because I just think that's such an easy kind of connector to someone's past that it doesn't really take away from anything, but it gives a good flashback moment or it makes a fight a little bit more intense or something kind of like that. So it just feels like an easy kind of win for Torakoshi or the story that hasn't really been done yet. All right, Dylan, let's start diving into your uh, deep theories because I have a feeling they're going to be coming.
1: All right. So, for my, my first theory, I'm going to tell you how My Hero Academia is going to end. Are you ready for it? I'm literally going to tell you how the entire right. series is going to end right now. Let's do it. All right. So, this theory is the end of all quirks. So, basically, the theory revolves around how My Hero Academia is going to end. Um, and the way that it's going to happen is Deku is going to get rid of all of quirks. And so one of the big things that this hinges on is the thing that he says at the beginning of every single season. He said he's he's going to be the greatest hero. He never says he's going to be the number one hero, like the Billboard ranking number one. He said he's going to yeah. be the greatest hero. And the way that he's going to be the greatest hero is by getting rid of every single quirk. So he's going to do this by combining all for one and one for all and removing everyone's quirk, probably in a safe way. Like there's some people that like, their, their entire, like, livelihood is, is hinged upon Quirks, so I'm sure he'll do it in a humane way. Um, but the evidence behind this is throughout the series, Quirks are constantly cast in a bad light. Like, Quirks are, are, are constantly brought up as, like, it's, it's slowing down technology. Um, this society in My Hero should be hundreds of years in the future of where we're at right now. Um, tech should be, like, going nuts, right? They should be, mm. like, in space by now. But quirks have slowed everything down to where it's like stagnant almost. There's a lot of quirk-based racism in the society. Uh, We see this mostly through, I I forget the term for it, um, but it's the quirks that manifest uh, someone into like different bodily shapes, mostly like animals. So this is like, uh, you know, if you have a quirk that makes you look like a lizard, um, like Spinner does, or like any of the ones that we see like popping up quite a bit of where you look physically different. Uh, even Cementos, where he's like a rock man kind of yeah. thing. Uh, there's a lot of racism in the society based on that. Um, we constantly get shown that hero society is really corrupt, that there's a lot of people just in it for the money, that it is like a hyper-capitalist uh, system that is, is like holding society up, but holding society up by like a, like a little tiny point that could collapse at any moment.
0: And fun uh, fact it, about that, that's how it is in Japan. Imagine how it is in America. Yeah, Go on, but just think about that. We're seeing this from a Japan point of view and how capitalistic it is. Imagine America, 10 times worse. Go on.
1: Yeah, America's going nuts with it. Uh, Villains are incredibly detrimental to society. Like, yeah, sure, we have like pretty evil things that happen in our world, like in real life. Um, But the amount of devastation caused on the daily by villains is pretty wild. Uh, And of course, the final pin of this is quirk singularity. We constantly get talked about this this quirk singularity of you know the tldr of it is basically quirks get more advanced as time goes on uh we see earlier generations of quirks being like oh i have fire shooting ability to like newer quirks of where it's like all right well i have like a quirk that's like a telekinesis dragon that shoots fire and like it's it it gets more and more crazy over time so eventually it's just gonna like implode on itself because Mm -hmm. because people aren't going to be able to survive and the question is with all of this how do you deal with it like, how, how do you even possibly tackle all of these things? Because Horikoshi's not going to, like, constantly drip feed us this idea that quirks are bad. They're bad for society. They're literally detrimental constantly. And then bring up this thing that says, hey, by the way, uh, society is just going to rip itself apart eventually anyways. How do you deal with that in, 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 in the this, in this story? And I think the answer is simple. You end it by just getting rid of quirks. And I think the easiest, like the, the thing that makes the most sense is that you when you have all for one and one for all come together, you can have an incredible power to give, uh, to take to take quirks from people with the stockpiling quirk added onto it. So uh, think about AFO being able to take quirks. What if you were able to stockpile that ability and amplify it times 100? You could do it maybe on a mass level. And that is why. My Hero Academia is going to end with Deku taking away everyone's quirk and becoming the greatest hero of all time. Not because he's the strongest, but because he got rid of the thing that was the worst for society.
0: But does he just, like, implode then? Because all, I mean, with how it works is that All for One can't really delete quirks. He can take and give quirks. So if Deku takes them all, he just becomes a monster that now no one can defeat? Because he's just a big slug of Quirks and he dies? Let me tell you about the empty
1: vessels known as Nomu that we currently have thousands of waiting in storage that we know for a fact aren't alive, that they're no longer people and they cannot be brought back as people. They are empty husks. Empty husks that can hold multiple Quirks. It would be crazy that if you took all the Quirks and just funneled them into the Nomu.
0: That sounds like a horrible idea.
1: No, I mean they're dormant. They're they're dormant until you activate them. So if you just funnel all of them in, they're empty vessels, and that is just an easy way. It's like literally like uh like the nuclear like storage, right? Of where you're like barreling all up and you're getting
0: rid of it. Don't worry about it. But <laughs> I mean all the nuclear weapons still exist then. I mean and these Theor I mean these moves will be 10 times stronger than super soldiers, too, if anyone ever did activate them. I mean, I, I, I think everything up to the point, i tell what to do with all the quirks. Because just saying, like, oh, that just randomly going to create an army of super soldiers, but don't worry, well, they're well, dormant s- right now. They could be activated. Well, well no, but- I,
1: mean, they, I mean, what you could do is, like, you could also put safeguards them. on them. Like, if you have, like, such control over quirks, you could do certain things to them. Like, I don't know if, I don't think my hero is going to get this dark, but you could just kill them all. You could no? just kill them all. You can just shoot them up into space.
0: I mean, we already are killing Nobu left and right. I mean, it's not like it's anything out of the order. I mean, I, I love the idea of it. I mean, I think as, without going into manga spoilers, we are seeing more and more powerful quirks by the day, which makes One for All and All for One not seem as powerful. I understand that they are. All Might's obviously one of the strongest people in the world as a peak. One for All is incredibly powerful villain, pretty much unstoppable but it just makes it seem like these quirks aren't as powerful as what they could be. So it just feels like a big jump going from the current state to being able to take quirks around from 7 million people. Let's just assume there's the same population here as there is in the current world. Seems like a huge leap. I love the idea of it. I agree that the series can't end without quirk singularity being dealt with unless there's a spin-off series, which I just, I don't know if they're just going to be like a, or to next generations I should say spin-off series obviously vigilantes exist but I agree I think the quirk singularity theories were brought up too much and continue to be brought up that there has to be a conclusion to that but how is that how is there a conclusion without taking away all quirks so I understand where this logic comes from and I, I love the idea I guess it's just yeah Deku has to turn into basically a god when these two quirks come together um but I'm, I I like the idea yeah, I, I, and I think I think
1: it's not only just one for all and all for one coming together, having like an inherent incredible power. Um, but you also have to like like we were talking about without without going into manga spoilers, but there is like there's Jojo's level quirks showing up like yeah. things that are just like, hold on. I need to like read an essay on why this quirk makes sense kind of stuff that if you start adding in those things, mm-hmm. I think it lends itself to being like, OK, well, we can explain it away.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I guess we have seen the idea of Quirk Awakenings as well, where Shigaraki originally had to touch everything he decayed to spreading out. Now now he can do kind of an AoE decay. I mean, right now, all for one has to touch everything to take the Quirk. Maybe when combination with this or with other Enhancer Quirks or something kind of like that. Like, okay, now I can do AoE Quirks. He bulks up enough of these Enhancer Quirks, great. It is now large enough that I can take it away from everything in the whole world all at once. I mean, I I think there is ways you can explain it where it would definitely be an end of a manga series like explanation where it doesn't have to make complete sense because they're just wrapping it up. But I do think there is an astral way with how vague quirks are kind of explained in Horikoshi's way that it could all be explained in a canon way and you can't really argue it because there's no rules on quirks. We've talked about this before, but Horikoshi could do whatever he wants because he doesn't make hard and fast rules about quirks. And this definitely feels like a situation of why he's kept it vague the entire time, because now he can just make things incredibly overpowered, and then like explain it away the next chapter because oh this isn't that. So I, I love it. I-, I I think it all makes sense, and I don't know how my hero academia ends because them just beating all for one Sasha Garaki and then it just being done after that, kind of seems almost anticlimactic. Because wait yep. now, now he's just a stronger version of All Might, but there's no one that's ever going to be able to compete against him now. So that just feels like an anticlimactic ending, even though the ending fight, how the series is going to end, is going to be amazing. That just feels like a cliffhanger rather than a end to a series. Yeah. All right. So I know you have one more before we do dive into that. I just want to say if you guys are enjoying this video, two things. One, make sure to go over to the youtube.com slash class18 or on the podcasting platforms across the world. Check out all the other content we do. We do a bunch of stuff over on podcasting platforms. We also have the YouTube channel where we do even more unique content that doesn't go on podcasting platforms if you're a podcast only listener. So make sure to go check that out, including anime reviews, short-form content, reviews, recaps, all kinds of awesome stuff there. Two, if you are enjoying this video specifically about theories, as I mentioned at the start of the episode, Dylan did a 30-minute long iceberg deep dive video where he talked about most of these theories, plus a ton of other ones and even more details, giving supporting facts and all that. So if you want to go learn more about that, the video will be down in the description below. So you can click on that and click over and learn even more about all of these theories. Cause he did a lot of research on it, which is why he has went beyond Charlie day levels of theory crafting. So make sure you do that out. And then of course, subscribe, like the video, leave your comments. Let us know what your favorite theories are. If these are some of your favorites, if there's other ones who want to dive in the future and all that, but with that little shindig out of the way, Dylan, let's get into the third and final theory that we want to talk about today.
1: All right, I just want to take a second and ask oh, everyone to just to buckle up, to hold on. If you're if you're driving, pull over, like get get some shelter because this one this one's a doozy. Okay. All right. So this I I have been sitting with this and thinking about it, and it has broken my brain to an unimaginable level for a theory that like at the end of the day probably is never going to come up and it is inconsequential. But here it is. You know AFO's doctor, the big evil doctor, and you know that Deku's doctor in season one, episode one, who told him he couldn't have a quirk, and they, oh yeah, they look exactly the same. They're the same person. Wrong. They are not the same person. And you might be thinking, wait, that doesn't make any sense. They have to be the same person. Are you telling me Horikoshi just drew two doctors that looked exactly the same? Yes. That's exactly (laughs) what I'm saying. So here, let me let me just lay it all out because it's it sounds simple. But there's so, there there is so much that goes into this. Okay, so AFO's doctor was originally Kyodai Garaki. So he was the person that proposed a quirk singularity doomsday theory um, in in universe to everyone. This was a long time ago. He has like a um, he has a quirk that keeps him youthful. And by youthful, I mean he keeps him like a sixty year old man, but he's actually super super old. Um, so he proposed this. His name was Kyodai Garaki. People laughed him out of the scientific community. Um, and he went into the shadows and he changed his name to uh, D- Daruma Ujiko. So he's now known as Daruma Ujiko. So he's Ampho's doctor right now. And that's his name. Deku's doctor is Dr. Subasa. So he has a different name. And he also has a grandson, his grandson Subasa. His grandson grew up with uh, with Deku. He's like kind of like the chubbier kid with like the white tank top, uh, and he has wings. And we know from Horikoshi's author note, <laughs> we know from Horikoshi's author note in an art book that this character oh actually became the winged Nomu. The winged Nomu at the USJ incident that targeted Deku. Uh, so they are connected. And you might be thinking, oh, wow, that's crazy that like, uh, this kid that Deku knew and was also related to this doctor became a uh, a nomu so obviously that he's probably he's probably that same doctor okay well think about it for a second do you think do you think Ujiko like somehow has a different name in a different area of Japan And would just, like, take his grandson and turn him into a Nomu? Yeah. That seems really... And not only that, but, like, he he would have had used this name, like, years ago. Like, 50 years ago. Because he has a grandson with that name. So, if he has a grandson with that name and his grandson's name isn't Ujiko, then, like, what's going on here? So, like, the only thing that could make sense is that Dr. Ujiko made a clone of himself. 50 years ago which we know he has the capability of doing and this clone just went off and had a life had a had a family that family had a family of their own and had a grandson who came the wing nomu and maybe maybe got taken by the original doctor becoming nomu but it just it just doesn't make sense there is like too many things that just like don't make sense with this like when you all add them up together so i don't think he is I think I honestly think Horikoshi just drew one good doctor and went, "Oh, this is a sick design. I'm not changing it."
0: That's a lot. I mean, I I remember when he first got kind of told me about this. And like if you go and look at the wiki, so the My Hero Academia like uh fan wiki or whatever, like I know that's not the all tr- like truth when it comes to series, but like it does very clearly point these others to different characters and kind of the supporting facts that you have. Like it's the, I, I really do believe these are two different characters, but then when kind of that whole the grandson Nomu situation kind of comes in, it just feels weird that there has to be some kind of connection, besides the fact that they look identical. But the fact that the other, the, that AFO's doctor is going to come in and take the grandson of his twin-looking doctor and turn that into Nomu, like, why this random kid? Like, he didn't even have that good of a quirk. Like, it just didn't really make sense of, like, why he would go after that if you didn't already know about the kid. So, I mean, I, I agree that there's just a lot here that they're so interconnected besides the fact that they look exactly the same that why aren't they just the same person? I mean, you could make the argument that we know that uh, AFO's doctor has the nomu mood that pretty much allows him to teleport wherever he wants. So, you could try to make an argument that he is bouncing around a lot, but already having two fake names seems like, way too much? I don't know. Yeah, and
1: Horikoshi does have this habit of dropping things that seem like they're a lot and they turn out they go nowhere. Uh look at you, a uh, UA trader. Uh so I think that's totally a viable thing. Also, you have to remember the context of this character is that when Horikoshi made the series originally, it was supposed to be a pretty short series. Um it wasn't supposed to go on for a really long time. It wasn't supposed to be this big shonen that it was today. Uh, so it is entirely possible that he drew this doctor and then was like, all right, this, the, yeah, it, it, it's whatever. It's not a big deal. Um, and then as the series blew out and, you know, we are where we are today, he was kind of like, oh, oops. Uh, yeah, they just, just kind of look the same. I, I think I think it's either they just look the same and there's no connection really at all. Or like the other thing is that like he I, he might just be a clone he might, yeah. he he literally just might be a clone but like they i i think they aren't literally the same person i, I think at best they're a clone um and at that the, the at the least uh at at the most horikoshi they're just the same same uh, kind of character design
0: like i feel like this isn't a question that I'd ever get answered during the series but like hope after it's like wrapped up and like horikoshi just does like a Q&A kind of like how people do that after a series is wrapped up and like say like hey what the hell happened here? And he can just be truthful with us because like, I, I really do feel like he just maybe wanted to make them the same person. Then realized, Oh wait, no, that would cause some plot holes or something. Like, I don't know what it is, but there has to be some reason why they look identical and they're not the same person. So, but at this point, there's no point in the series to explain it away. Like, there's no yeah. point to kind of connect it because it's just so far past that that it would have no impact on it. But like, I hope before I die, I know why these two men Look identical and Horco she's reasoning behind it, or if he just literally only knows how to draw a doctor once, which doesn't make sense because he just put any character in a lab coat. But um, I want to know why. I don't think we ever will, but I'm okay with that at the same point though,
1: yeah, at this at this point in like theory diving, we are so far down that like information on the My hero wiki is not enough for us. Like no. I was like trying to like dig through and get like voice actor like records and like match them up together could not find oh it easily God. i could not find it easily on this wiki
0: so we are uh, that that's how deep we're going for this well that's how deep dylan went for the iceberg theory last video uh last week so really if you guys did enjoy anything like this go and check that out it's a great piece of content it's a little bit longer for what we normally do but he killed it and it's a great piece but i think that's really all we had for today talking through a couple of our favorites is there anything else you want to touch base on before we get out of you dylan
1: No, I think I think we have to cap it there because otherwise people's brains just might explode. uh, Because when I say that there's other theories that are like as mind breaking as this in the iceberg, I I really mean it. There's some crazy stuff. We we go into we go into like the archetypes of Star Wars and relate it back to my hero if that is any indication of how crazy it is.
0: So go and check that out again. It is in the description below link directly to that video. But. Thank you all so much for listening to a couple of our favorite My Hero Academia theories. And as always, make sure to subscribe, like, and leave your thoughts on what you thought of our theories or some of your favorite theories once again. But that'll be all for this week's episode. We will be back in a, the most some podcasting platforms in two weeks. Maybe we'll have another video popping up next week. We're still trying to figure out exactly how this offseason goes. Now that season five is over. But as always, thank you so much for supporting the channel, and we'll see you all next time.